Hey, Skiba News Nation family, we have a very special guest, Jake and I. We have a comedian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend, and the host of the great podcast, Look Into It with Eddie Bravo. I'd like to welcome Mr. Eddie Bravo. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Yo, what's up? <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, welcome. You said, you said comedian first. I think I'm comedian last. <laughs> Are you think? I'm barely a comedian. Well, that's how that's how we all met was uh, was at one of your comedy shows, and it just so happened oh, to work sure. out because Jake uh, lives in a different state, and uh, he him and his wife and his kids were staying with us for for a little while, and my girlfriend just so happened to be scrolling on her phone, and she saw that she's like Eddie Bravo's coming, we gotta go to that, we gotta go to that, <laughs> and I, I went down, and I told Jake, and he was like, Yeah, dude, I'm staying a couple extra days, and that that's a photo with all of us was. Uh, you, me, Jake, and, and Sam. Hell yeah. And, and it was pretty awesome, man. We got to connect, and I, I gave you some cool FE uh, coasters. and some. Oh, hell yeah. And I, that was that show that I kicked somebody out, right? Dude, that was epic. That was oh, yeah. really cool. Dude, I lost it. I was just like, you piece of shit, the fuck out of my show. Well, dude, he, he was behind me in line because we, we, me and Jake both pitched uh, uh, like our ideas. To the the swarm tank is that what it's called yeah so he was behind us and he kept trying to cut us and and he was like hey man do you mind if i cut you and i was like no like yes i mind and, and he did the same thing to jake and then jake went and then i went and i was like man i, I have a feeling this is gonna be good and he was just i think he was like a like a like a plant it was just too weird yeah, I mean, he was he was accusing me and Sam of being shills. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I was like, okay, this guy. Because you're one of the most outspoken, like, truthers. I mean, it's just not right. It's crazy. I mean, there, I mean um, there's, like, a video of me. Um, someone's, like, uh, someone made a video of me on, like, compiled of, of a bunch of clips from Sam Tripley's podcast where I'm, like, doing, like, like signs with my hands as I'm talking. They go, oh, he's Freemason. He's Freemason. I mean, so I'm like, once I saw that, I was like, okay, all those other videos. Because there's a bunch of videos of guys that, you know, like, look, he's a show. He's doing Freemasonic hand signals on camera. And I used to think like, oh, I can't trust this guy. Okay. I can't trust this guy. He's doing, he's doing it right in front of our face. And then once I, once I did it to me, yeah. I was like, okay, oh, that's okay, all right, all right, because I talk a lot with my hands, and every every now and then you could you could pause it, and it could look like some kind of you know Luciferian thing or whatever, and and there are pictures of me in Egypt. I went to Egypt in 2006, cool. and I was like just doing. I'm a metalhead dog, so I'm like a Slayer fan. So when I do that, that's metal, but yeah. I understand you know the people go, oh. Bassamay or something. I'm like, dude, I grew up in the 80s. I grew up Motley Crue, Shot of the Devil, <laughs> and Ronnie James deal. So I, I see how it all gets mixed up and shit. And back in the day, I had long hair down to my waist. I was the f***ing, I had the longest hair ever. And for every, like, third or fourth Halloween, I would dress up as a chick just because it was easy. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, I have long hair. I just put on a dress, and I dresses as a chick for Halloween. I did that when I was 
fucking like eight years old too. I dressed up as a chick for Halloween. Um, and uh, I, on, when I was on MySpace, I put out those pics of me dressing like a chick for Halloween. I put, and those pic, those same pictures are coming back to me going, dude, did you do the fucking Hollywood ritual? Look, they made you do the Hollywood ritual. I'm like, okay. So now, I, now I got to take a lot of shit with uh, like a tablespoon of salt. You know, when people start accusing people of being a shill, because you oh, know, yeah. the only, you, you only, you are the only one th that really knows if you're a shill or not. You, uh, you yourself are the only one that knows. Nobody, everyone else can speculate, he can think whatever, but you know, like I know who I am and I know what's up. No CIA guy has ever, you know, put me in a van and, and threatened me or anything. But, but. That one show, do you remember that one guy who claimed he was CIA? You remember that? Yeah, remember I, that guy? I actually got in his face because Sam was trying to get you in the car. And I tried to like, I think it was my girlfriend and I, we were trying to like get in front of him so you could get in the car because he was very, very like trying to get to you. And, I, and, and that yeah, was yeah. very strange. And he said, he said, he was, he said, I, I work for the CIA. I was sent by the CIA to, uh, watch over you or whatever i'm like oh my god let's get the fuck out of here so i took the fuck off <laughs> yeah man that was that was pretty you crazy. never know i mean that wasn't the first time dude we were in san francisco and there was some guys saying they were from cia there to, so like now i'm like okay they could either it could either be real maybe it's real or they just be dudes and clown and like you just don't know you yeah. know and and like nowadays nowadays like, why would the CIA come after me? There's so many people. Like, it used to be just a few people. Al Jones, a couple people. I was on Joe Rogan podcast talking a lot of shit, You know, and so for a while there, I was worried. Like, damn, I'm, a, I'm putting it out there. I'm a target. But now there's so many truthers now. Like, the, the, the wave has come over me and washed over me. And now I'm like, and I'm like in the background now, and that's exactly how I like it. You know what I mean? Like Candace Owens is saying more crazy about the deep state than I am. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like Dave <laughs> yeah. Smith, Jimmy Dore, those guys are going hard in the paint. I'm not going that hard. So I feel like, why would they even pay attention to me at this point? There's so many other, they need to pay attention to like, like Patrick Ben David. And you know what I mean? Those, but there's so many guys that have millions of followers and talking all sorts of on the deep state and all that like i'm irrelevant now you know yeah well, i think we saw the definition of shills during the whole covid season right i mean we saw people with big followings uh, you know whatever celeb types pushing and shilling for big pharma or whatever so there's like the the money you know angle of somebody having that excuse to shill and then there's the here check this picture out it's the agent smith effect you ever, uh, it, it, in the movie The Matrix, right? Agent Smith can enter anybody's body, and then boom, one of them turned into Agent Smith. You know, when they're in the Matrix, and and I think it's like the same thing. Like people, they resort back to their cognitive dissonance or whatever, and and they turn into you know a shill without even aware being aware of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the shills that aren't aware that they're shills are the most powerful because they think they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, I, those are the most powerful shows. So, but the, they're powerful if they don't know their shows. They're way more powerful if they think they're doing the right thing. They sell whatever idea way better. Passion, if they don't know, you know. Yeah, they're useful. They think they're idiots. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
as opposed to telling these shows like, hey, listen, you know, lie to the people here, lie to the people there. We're trying to take over the world, New World Order style. Those people, are they're not going to be that convincing. They're like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to be part of this shit. It's always best if your controlled opposition doesn't know they're controlled opposition. Way more powerful. But those people can wake up. And they're powerful, but if they figure it out on their own, now you lost them, and now they're gonna they're gonna be um, the deep state's enemy. Yeah. So um, I don't know how I feel. I don't know what the real story is behind Elon Musk, but I mean, he was he is in SpaceX. He is doing electro electric cars. <laughs> he is all about that. Sh so, but I think there is a chance that he didn't know he was controlled opposition this whole time and, and now he's waking up. I hope that's the case. Me that's too. what I think is going on, but I don't know. He might know the whole story and he might just be playing a role. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell because with the SpaceX and the faking, like launching a car into space and all that guy. So SpaceX supposedly took a Tesla as is on the earth and put it into space. Proud of the SpaceX team. Um, they've done an incredible job of uh, creating uh, really, really the most advanced rock in the world and the biggest rock in the world. Uh, I'm still trying to absorb everything that happened because it uh, seems surreal to me. Um, you know, I had this uh, image of uh, just a giant explosion on the pad with you know, a wheel bouncing down the road and uh, like a Tesla logo landing somewhere with a thud. But um, fortunately, that's not what happened. Obviously, it's not as is because there's no rear view mirror, which is because it would show the fourth wall. When you make film productions, you can't show the fourth wall. Now, conveniently, the Telegraph left off a part of that interview. Let's, let's see what it actually says. Um, March NEP. What were your what was going through your mind? How how amazed were you to see your roadster up there with Starman uh, just cruising along with the Blue Planet? And how long will we be getting live views? Do you think from the car? Well, I think it looks so ridiculous and impossible. Um, and you can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly. And you can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly. And you can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly. <laughs> like what a joke, bro. Is that why you took the rearview mirror off of it? Now check this out. Sending men to Mars from rockets built at Mashud. Elon Musk hangs out at the Mashud movie studios. NASA may soon have competition to race and men to Mars. Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk wants to send people to Mars in his own rockets and is looking to build some of the spacecraft at the Mashuda Assembly Facility in New Orleans East. Mashuda has played vital roles in building rockets for the Apollo program and the Space Shuttle external fuel tanks. Right now, parts of the next generation of spacecraft are being built here. Much of the huge space launch system booster and skeleton of the Orion capsule, which is where we watch the guys say we can't get through the Allen Bells. Hmm. Is that a Tesla inside the Mashuda facility? Why do they have cars in front inside the facility? What is that? That looks awfully similar to. Hmm. I, like, maybe. He's controlled opposition that didn't know he's controlled opposition, and now he's waking up, you know, because the shit he says and the Twitter files and all that. I'm like, man, that's that's so anti-deep state. I don't know. Like, it's hard to it's hard to figure out if Elon Musk is legit or not. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, whenever you look at uh, how just simulations can be so real, I mean, I wonder if he himself is, you know, looking at simulations. Um, and being convinced that he's accomplishing something. In the late 1960s, our simulation technology had progressed to the point where it became virtually impossible to separate the training from actual missions. The simulation became full dress rehearsals for the missions down to the smallest detail. The simulation tested out the crew's and controller's responses to normal and emergency conditions. It checked out the exact flight plan, mission rules, and procedures that the crew and controllers would use for a later flight. The simulations were so real that no controller could discern the difference between the training and the real mission. So anyone, such as Matt Walsh, who says, oh, the moonlight could have been fake, so many people in NASA got to be in on it, right? Including um, all the people in the control room. That's just patently wrong. It's completely not true. 
Okay, so just go ahead and get the context out of the way. If you have to characterize or create a caricature of people that are skeptical of these claims by NASA by saying things like, oh, you believe that tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are all in a lie. But I do want to show you this as well because it's very interesting that um, they, they give their tells. And so let me give you an example of basically, let's come over here, of an astronaut basically saying this very thing, right? So you may have seen this before, but let's listen to an actual NASA astronaut from back in the day explaining this so that we can just, we can get this, this completely illogical excuse out of the way as to whether or not NASA could be doing anything fraudulent regarding their claims of going to space. So check it out. You worked on Apollo 8 and 10. What was that like? Can you describe your feelings during those two missions, what it was like? Well, the missions were so nominal that you almost couldn't believe that it was happening. We had been simulating these things for so long, and everything goes wrong in the simulations. You have devious little men that plan simulations. They plan to do everything wrong so that they can mess everybody up. So when we got to the real mission, it seemed like a piece of cake, really. What sort of things in the simulations would they have go wrong? What sort of problems would they present to you? The engine fails. Uh, their uh, gyroscopes and reference equipment will fail. You'll lose communication. They'll underburn. They'll overburn. They'll have... Uh, abort situations come up. Do you think that there's any danger when actual astronauts are involved and it's not a simulation that your mental attitude won't take into, the, into consideration the fact that it's a man? I don't know that she's necessarily a liar, right? I mean, just listen to what she says. Exercise. I think you always remember that there are men on board. And even during simulations, it's not just an exercise. The simulations seem as real as the mission. We have men in simulations. They're in the simulator. They're not flying up to the moon. But we feel like they're real. You feel like they're real, but do you think that the entire space program, as you view it in your work, has a sense of unreality to it? I think the atmosphere you work in is a little bit unreal as far as the, the actual facilities are concerned. You're totally isolated. You're surrounded by machines. There are no windows in the buildings where you work. The lighting is always the same. You lose all track of time. You think in terms of ground elapsed time, and that becomes the only reality. Or, you know, then on the other hand, uh, he's doing so much that's swaying kind of the truth or community. And so I'm always wary of like the false messiah type situation where somebody gives you a bunch of good stuff just so they can you know, screw you on the back end, um, just to kind of sway people, yeah. people over. But yep, I agree with you. So it's hard. It's hard to tell, but I know, I know Joe Rogan very well. And I know he's not I like, he's not controlled opposition. You know, if he is, he doesn't know him, but, uh, he, he, like, I know him well and look at all the shit he's talking about, uh, COVID. Oh yeah. You know, if he was, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he might, you know, he's he's a he's a baller. He's not going to be a flat earther, that's for sure. But damn, when it comes to the the COVID, he's going hard in the paint, man. So I don't know when people like start talking shit on Joe Rogan. I'm like, dude, you know what he's he's got the, like Doctor Malone on him, Peter McCullough. He's got Brent Weinstein, who's totally waking up. Brent Weinstein is waking up. He has him on his podcast for three hours, throwing down Patrick Ben David talking. Shit of the deep state like so yeah maybe joe isn't a flat earther and maybe he still believes in you know nasa's version of space but all that you know what i mean what he's doing um in regards to uh the jab and oh, yeah. big pharma and you know all that shit, you got you got to focus on that don't focus on the space well, he'll eventually figure out what yeah. the like he'll eventually figure it out but it's not even important right now the most important thing is that he is uh, that he is smashing the whole scamdemic and he's making it so that there's no way they could pull that shit again they're not gonna pull that yeah. bullshit again because he's talking so much and he's and then with aaron Rodgers on the show aaron Rodgers is fully red pill dog he was on my podcast i don't know if you saw that but he's fully red way more red pill than you could ever imagine and um there's too many people coming out now i think I think it's gotten to the point where, uh, like, they're not paying attention to me. Like, paying attention to me is a waste of 
fucking money. I ain't yeah. doing that crazy shit. I, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I'm just on Instagram. And that's for my business. And I, you know, I'll drop some truth bombs too, but I've done enough. And, and the new generation, y'all's got to take over. I've done enough. I got to pass the baton. You know what I mean? I've been on Jay, Joe yeah. Rogan's podcast 85 times talking all sorts of magic, flat earth, space is fake. It's the, it's the, it, I'm done. Like I'm just talking shit on my podcast and that's it. I'm not talking, I'm not going on and trying to fucking get on Twitter and trying to change the world. I go, if you haven't figured this out by now, that's on you. I tried dog. I did my best. Now it's on you. You still haven't waken up yet? Like that's on you. I'm not going to risk my life because you can't figure it out. Right. I mean, it was a blast yeah, being on your show. Being able to be a guest was so like, I know my dad would have would have loved to just talk with you because uh, Jake was the one who told me and I didn't realize this because he sent me a clip. My dad did uh, before he died. And Jake was telling me how cool it was that you were talking about him. And then he sent it to me and we actually have the clip. Do you mind if I play it? And play it. Let me hear it. All right, let's play it. We've already Stop. been down this road too many times over a I'm gonna 50 you, ounce steak. Did I, did I, I sent you the video of Ro, the Rob Skiba video where he goes through all these declassified documents from NASA and CIA. And, That's the one we talked US about military. on your, on your show. These are documents. Like the original Project Bluebeam stuff? No, no, had nothing to do, had nothing to do with. No, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like make something up and then make it the big story. No. These documents were had nothing to do with flat Earth or space or the moon or anything in space or stars, but they were they're NASA documents declassified. And Rob Skiba, he's a very well-known uh, flat Earth researcher. He's right right up there with Eric Dubay, except Rob Skiba's uh, into the Bible as well, and Eric Dubay isn't. But they're both pretty popular. So Rob Skiba's got this video, go to his channel, and he's 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 on NASA.gov going through these declassified documents of. Um, uh, uh, documents and, and, and testing of uh, calculating uh, the motion of missiles in high altitude aircraft. Like this, it was all about calculating whether you're talking about trajectory or speed or interceptions of missiles in high altitude aircraft had nothing to do with space, nothing. It was all about calculating the motion of high altitude aircraft, military aircraft and missiles. And all these documents, there's a bunch of them, and Rob Skiba goes through all of them. And he's on their website, he goes, look, in order to calculate the motion of any of these aircraft, you have to, the, fir the first assumption is you have to assume that we live on a flat, non-rotating Earth. Flat, non-rotating Earth, over and over and over. It has nothing to do with space. Has, and in order to get the numbers right in these calculations, in these computations, you have to assume that we live on the craziest conspiracy theory ever, a flat, non-rotating earth. But like you said, that's actually out of the Bible and out of most ancient history. No, no, most are, re most religions claim the earth is yeah. flat. Yeah, what happened to the Coriolis effect? What you know? what, hold on. Yeah, what, okay, what happened to the Coriolis effect? Like, oh, you have to, snipers have to calculate the spin and the rotation of the earth to, to, um, to hit their targets. You know, at, at a certain distance. And then I can drive flat earth. There's like Eddie crazy just by asking the right questions. Cause I know Ask me the right question. Aha, touche. No, no, can explain that Joe? though. Like if there, if <laughs> there's on. documents, there's like the NASA thing, like the NASA of... thing. That was epic. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, I still do that all the time. 
I sent Aaron Rodgers that video too. <laughs> oh yeah, I was thinking about putting it on on our channel uh, where you're talking about it and then playing the actual my my dad's video because he got demonetized recently, and uh, we're luckily still monetized. So it'd just be cool to be like, this is Eddie Bravo's favorite video of of my dad Rob Skiba's, just to show like because yeah, it's that's so the best video. I yeah. still use that. I still send that out to anybody that has questions. I'm like, just watch this. It just, oh, testing the globe. Look, boom. Okay, so in the 1930s, we had both August Picard and the Russians sending up high altitude balloons, and they're looking out and they're not able to detect curvature. So we go forward about a decade to the 1940s, 1948. This is an official CIA, look up here, CIA.gov, okay, CIA declassified document from the Russians, outer gravitational field and shape of the physical surface of the Earth. They're trying to figure out the shape of the Earth at all points of the physical surface of the Earth and only on the surface, whereas it is not determinable at all other points of space without knowledge of the shape of the Earth. So they're still trying to figure out the shape of the Earth here. But since the shape of the Earth is not known, the shape of the Earth is not known, 1948. The true coordinates of these points, B, L, and H, are unknown to us. So the Russians are having trouble figuring out the shape of the Earth in 1948. Let's look at another document here. Another declassified CIA document up here, right? They're checking out the firmament in this one. Let's go back to Acrobat. 1953 now. Geophysics light scattering, USSR. I'm trying to figure out how does light work in the atmosphere here. In the investigations, two instruments designed by VG Fezenkov were used. One of these was a visual photometer of the daytime sky intended for measuring the brightness of the firmament. Hmm. Interesting. Trying to figure out the brightness of the firmament. Again, 1957. The dissertation contains a certain formula of the brightness of the sky, taking into consideration only the brightness of the first order and derived, get this now, on the assumption of a flat earth and giving some conclusions derived on the basis of this formula. So the Russians are trying to check out the firmament based on assumptions of a flat earth in 1957? Very interesting, huh? NTRS.nasa.gov document here dated April 17th, 1961. And the missile position in space is computed relative to a flat, non-rotating Earth. June 1971, a method for reducing the sensitivity of optimal nonlinear systems to parameter uncertainty. Whatever that means. And we get down to about page 12 here. And it says, a numerical example problem statement. The idealizing assumptions made are the following. Number one, a point mass vehicle. Number two, of the idealized assumptions that are being made for this example is a flat, non-rotating Earth. NASA making idealized assumptions based on a flat, non-rotating Earth? What's going on here? Let's continue. Here we have another NASA.gov 
document. Equations for angles of attack and side slip relative to both a rolling and non-rolling body access system are derived for a flight vehicle for which radar and gyroscopic attitude data are available. The method is limited, however, to application where a flat non-rotating earth may be assumed. All right, let's continue. That was 1972, the end of the, or right around the end of the Apollo program. So we go to NASA again, nasa.gov, December 1978. The aircraft trajectory model employed in this study was derived based on the following assumptions. Number one, the Earth is flat and not rotating. That's the number one assumption? So we, we're going to see this over and over and over again regarding the equations of motion. They're always using it on a flat, non-rotating Earth model, which doesn't make sense if you're developing aircraft and missiles and things like that to, to go over a rotating ball. Why would you start off with the assumption of a non-rotating flat Earth if the real-world application is, a, is over a spinning ball? 1987 NASA technical paper. Within the program, the nonlinear equations of motion include 12 states representing a rigid aircraft flying in a stationary atmosphere over a flat, non-rotating Earth. Over a flat, non-rotating Earth. There are the two figures, figure six, figure seven, over flat Earth. Army Research Laboratory. Hmm. Back to NASA, nasa.gov, June 2002. Stability and control estimation flight test results for the SR-71 aircraft with externally mounted experiments. So we're back to checking out some things on the SR-71. These equations assume a rigid vehicle and a flat, non-rotating Earth. In other scenarios, only the range to the center of the field of view and the depression angle is known so that a flat Earth approximation provides the best estimate. Alrighty then. This model works over a flat Earth and non-turbulent atmosphere. Rigid projectile model is employed to predict the dynamics of a projectile in flight. These equations assume a flat Earth. Why would you project flight dynamics over an assumed flat Earth if in reality we are dealing with a spinning ball. Yeah. Well, what I'm curious, what, what was the first time uh, that you, like, what was the first conspiracy that, that led you down the rabbit hole? And, and what was it like? Like, do you remember what it was? I would say when I, when I was 11, I had been an altar boy in a Catholic church. Everybody, I thought everybody was Catholic. And then once I found out there's other religions, I didn't know there was other religions. And once I found out that there's, you know, the Jewish religion, uh, Muslim, Islam, Hindu, I was like, wait a minute, there's other religions? Uh, how do we know we're right? So then right away i became anti-religion i became atheist i at that point i later rediscovered god but during my teen years i was super atheistic writing speed metal slayer rip-off songs about satan not that i believed in satan 
but I, I didn't believe in Satan or God. I, I just wanted to scare people, and I thought it was cool to write satanic lyrics and all that. I was all, I, they got me hook, line, and sinker, man. I was all about it. And um, that was the first time I knew that uh, lies on a worldwide scale um, are out there, and we have to figure out which ones are uh, lies and which ones are not lies. I never believed the moon mission, really. I, that moon mission, like, I mean, maybe as a kid I did, but that was really one of the first ones. Like, oh my God, they totally, it's its so fake. Yeah. And uh, from that point, I didn't trust NASA, but I thought NASA was just about the moon and the moon missions. I didn't know NASA was everything space. So once I found out NASA was everything space, I'm like, oh my God, maybe, maybe the world is flat. Maybe space is fake. NASA is in charge of all this shit. <laughs> I thought they were just in charge of the moon. I didn't know they were in charge of all the space. Yeah. So that that's when I really that's when I figured out like, oh, shit, we're in a lake, dog. We're in a prison lake, and there's a bunch of lakes, and we're just prisoners. And the United States is just the best minimum security prison. We're just the best one. Everyone's trying to get to the best prison. This prison, they let you have guns. They let you talk any kind of shit you want, and they let you do any religion. Now, this is the best this is like the the ultimate prison yeah yeah we we live in like the end of the golden age of the internet too where all of these conspiracies mm -hmm. were able to be passed back and forth before the censorship really started to kick in i remember uh when i was working with rob back in 2017 2018 you could still find flat earth videos you know whenever you went to youtube but now there's so much like disinformation on every single topic. And then we're talking about like AI being introduced. It's almost like, how are people going to find the truth in, in the next decade, right? Because, you know, the internet, you're not gonna be able to trust what you see on there with, you know, the advent of the new censorship technology and AI. Uh, so like, there's gonna be these few people like Eddie and like us and, and, and people that are aware now kind of trumpeting the truth whenever nobody can trust you know what they digest online anymore yeah they already got it down man like i think on the podcast that you were on jeremiah yeah didn't we punch in yeah we did the exact title mm -hmm. the exact i mean it's a long ass title too like cia admits flat earth it was a NASA, conspiracy Rob in a conspiracy Steve. it was so crazy yeah you punch in the exact title Nothing. and you're not going to get that video. You're going to get a hundred other videos first and then buried at the bottom. And they're all so debunked, like, debunked, 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 debunked. And it's like, what's going on? <laughs> it's so obvious. It's so obvious. On the streets, if the shit was on the streets, nobody would believe that shit. On the streets, there's no, there's no propaganda on the streets. On the streets, it's just real shit. There's yeah. no propaganda on the streets. And that shit wouldn't fly. It would be so easily detected by people on the street, gangsters, like, wait a minute. I punch in the video exactly like it's titled, and I have to go through, a, I got to scroll through a hundred videos to find it. And all the videos I have to scroll through are all videos debunking what I'm looking for. On the streets, you get killed like that. Like, that. that's like so obvious. Yeah. It's, like you, well, you don't see it, you know, any, any video that has a label on it, that video is over the target. Whatever video, like if you have a label on the video, 
There's something about that video that the controllers don't want you to see. It's really simple. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with uh, censorship now, uh, it's like whenever you say the word or whatever, people get demonetized, taken off of YouTube or whatever. And uh, and whenever it comes to like being able to speak freely, I kind of wanted to get into the topic of music because now that we're seeing like the WHO and stuff is censoring speech um, and they're censoring speech on all kinds of topics, flat earth, whatever. But music is such a powerful tool because you can literally sing about anything and, and have like that freedom of expression. And I think that's a new avenue for a lot of people to start sharing truth now that we're entering into this 1984 age of censorship. And so I wanted to like talk to you a little bit about music and, and just the power of music and its influence on uh, on people. Because I mean, I know that was a big part of your your past. And before you jumped on, you know, you were talking about even you, yesterday you were practicing with your band. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, but like, could music be the answer to get around all this censorship? Maybe, uh, maybe. Have you ever checked out uh, Charles Manson? Have you ever checked out his music, Jake? You mean the Beach Boy songs? <laughs> no, the actual Charlie Manson's music. Like he, uh, Dennis Wilson actually recorded uh, Charlie's first album in studio, but he he has a whole album, and then he he recorded somehow uh, an album in in prison. It's crazy. Okay, oh, that's I'm back. Cool. What's up? Who recorded an album in prison? Well, we were talking about uh, Charles Manson, and I think he's one of the most like. Oh like it, it's crazy like in, in my opinion i mean the whole charles manson thing i mean i think he shouldn't have gone to prison for for life for not doing anything but before charles manson was convicted of that like charles manson wanted to be a musician he was actually a beach boy do you know that he wasn't a beach boy but he the drummer the beach dennis boy, wilson uh wanted to produce his album he was, yeah he was in the middle of producing an album for him and then Charles Manson got crazy one day and wanted to fight the engineer or something, so they abandoned ship. Yeah, well, it was actually uh, Charlie Manson wrote a song, and I actually have an example of it if you want to hear it, but he recorded a song uh, called Cease to Exist, and then Dennis stole that song, and the Beach Boys named it Never Learn Not to Love, and that's why he was pissed. It's like, there's so much stuff to the backstory of that, it's just what? so really? fascinating. Wait, wait, I want to hear it. Oh, but can you pull up it. that? that so this is Charlie. Just come and say you love me. Give up your work. Come on, you can be. That's the beach voice. So that's why I call him a beach Dude, they ripped them yeah. off. They ripped them off. Yeah, and that's why he was so mad. And it just fit right into their narrative uh, when they convicted him, which was, you know, Bugliosi wanted to write that book. And it all has to do with the song, Helter Skelter. I mean, off the White Album. Because it was it was too grungy, and that, that's what set him off, you know? It's just so weird. Uh, I mean, this book, yeah. is, this book is the biggest true crime book of all time. And this is the prosecutor. That's insane to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, um, 
went down the Charles Manson rabbit hole many times, man, many times. That he was a he was a CIA psyop. Oh yeah. You know, he didn't want. He'd been in jail his whole life, in and out of juvenile detention. He didn't want to. He didn't like regular. He was just like, okay, you want me to do what? You want me to start a cult? You want me to get these runaways together and and um, experiment with them, like using CIA? Um, it was MK Ultra? Yeah, it was MK Ultra, and the same that they used in you know in um like like you said MK Ultra and, and CIA operations. It's like uh, he. It was obvious he was supported, funded by the CIA. There was FBI involved. I mean, uh, he probably was a bad guy. I mean, he's been in and out of jail, but yeah. um, he got used, and he was just a. Um, he probably um, did a lot of horrible. Shit. Probably had. He probably had some you know, murders, you know, on his hands and all that. Uh, he was a bad guy for sure, but he was directed by intelligence and it oh, was yeah. some kind of intelligence MK ultra experiment. He got out of jail. He had credit cards. He had a bus. He had the access to that ranch, you know, like it's just, it's, it looks like it's too a, convenient. Um, some kind of, psychological mk ultra operation you know there's actually a jfk connection with the cia and manson is the same guy that that was his handler was actually jack ruby's handler who oh. killed all yeah yeah that makes sense i don't even need i don't even need evidence for that i that just makes sense you know <laughs> that's just like yeah i believe it yeah it's crazy we, we did a whole episode about it but it, it just i mean it's amazing how how much MK Ultra? I think they're using it on a mass scale today, on us, on you know TV, using TV, using you know all their propaganda tools, and they've mastered the art of MK Ultra, and so they just you know project it on us all the time. We don't even know that it's happening sometimes, you know. But every once in a while, I think M they want us to think that MK Ultra is like one on one. You got yeah. some guy in a room, and they got a helmet on with, with all these electrodes, and they're zapping him. But real, the real MK Ultra, the most important MK Ultra, is the television, yep. and you know now social media. That's the real MK Ultra. Yep. Yep. And it's tied to the helter skelter thing uh, in the music industry. I mean, Manson tied to music. Beach Boys. Uh, they saw how powerful and influential music could be and so then you see in the 90s the whole hip-hop uh you know government prison system conspiracy as they yep. then used music to then lead people into becoming like much more uh, enslaved in our you know slave pond as you put it <laughs> um but yeah i mean that's why i think music is so interesting and in, in seeing like throughout history people having a voice uh and and that being quieted we we have an opportunity now to share these conspiracies and truths but then we're getting shut down when it's on like a, a preaching format but whenever you sing music or you know you have a groovy tune and you put truth in that the natural barriers that people have the cognitive dissonance uh, i feel like those walls come down and and uh you know it's easier to get through to people you know if you sing about something meaningful 
Yeah, like um, like uh, Corsidin. Um, it's a uh, Corsidin with the Q. That's a supplement that you're supposed to take with zinc or your vitamin D or really any vitamins. And the Corsidin isn't a vitamin, but it's the vehicle that takes the vitamins into the the blood cells or whatever. Like without the Corsidin. Yeah. Then can't get into the blood cells, so you take zinc with quercetin. Then it takes the zinc in because the quercetin gets in, and the quercetin gets in, and that's zinc with it, and that's how you get zinc in the cells. That's how music works. Music, music takes the words into your soul. So if the music you vibe with the music and it's moving you and you love it and you're rocking like I love this song, whatever those words are in that song they're getting into your soul it's it, you know without the music the words can't get into your 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 cells um the music is yeah. is the corseting uh to the lyrics that's what takes those lyrics into your soul yeah that was that's so well put i mean people no, nobody likes to be preached at you know nobody wants to be told off how they're blind and dumb on whatever topic and uh you know just you know it, it makes sense that there's got to be a vehicle of delivery, so. Uh... Exactly, that's what it is. I love that we're all three musicians too. That's that's pretty awesome. That we could just sit down and like talk about music and conspiracies and stuff. That's pretty awesome. We can wake up the people, all the blind sitting under the steeples, all the lies and inherited evils. We can wake up the people. Yeah. Drinking away. Yeah. And what do I say? Cause I would do anything. Just to get you to stay. Cause I love you, baby. Yeah, I love you, baby. Hell yeah. You know, um, now, um, the music I'm doing now is uh, I, I had little conspiracies in the music I've done my whole life even when I was 18 writing speed metal music I didn't know about how the world was run I just knew it was bullshit and you know there, I was in a band called Resistance I played drums I was 16, 17, 18 and it was always like anti-government it started off like satanic to scare Christians because I, I, was, I was atheist but then I got tired of writing evil satanic lyrics and started writing like uh, just, um, like I had a song called, I wrote when I was 17 called Without Recovery. This speed metal song that was about the the economy collapsing. I didn't know shit about the economy. I still don't know shit about the economy. But, <laughs> but I was writing about, the song was about the economy collapsing and now all the rich people, they're all on the streets with the poor people. Now we're gonna eat you up. Now there's, your money means nothing to us now. And now you're one of us and we're going to eat you alive. <laughs> that's what I was writing. When I, I, I mean, it's kind of prophetic. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what's happening now, right? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Now, you know, now I'm writing, um, currently, uh, I'm writing, I made an album of sh that I always done but never recorded professionally. I always wrote joke songs on acoustic guitar, just 
songs that were like five and I would like send them to those five people and then I would forget about the song and then I'd you know I'd write another stupid and silly song on acoustic and then you know three people would hear it and then I never I never uh, recorded them professionally like my the real music I did was I was doing hip-hop for people that don't generally like hip-hop I wanted to make like because I love rap but most of the music I don't like. I came from metal, I came from goth, I came from industrial. I want to hear that music. But I love that rap has no limits. Like rock lyrics have limits. Uh, rock lyrics have to be metaphoric, vague, poetic. 99% uh, of my favorite rock songs, I have no idea what the song is really about. Like Smashing Pumpkins, one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, I don't know what any of songs for God. I just found out what Cherub Rock was about last week. I saw an interview and he said it's about, you know, selling your soul in the music industry. I'm like, damn, I thought it was about hookers. I didn't, I had no idea. But I love that song. Cherub Rock. So, my point is, um, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. That's what makes music. And um, I think um, a Roberta Flack who I know no songs from, but I know I remember the quote because I never forget that quote. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. That music, that's music right there. It's how you say it. And um, it doesn't even matter if you know the meaning of it. It's what is the vocal melody? You know, like I said, I never knew what Cherub Rock was about, but those vocal melodies are golden and I don't even know what the lyrics are about yeah. until recently. So it's the vocal melody. The, the, the meaning of the lyrics are icing on the cake. If the meaning of the lyrics are great, if you wrote great lyrics, that's the icing on the cake. But the most important thing with music is what is the music doing? How are you, what are the, the melodies doing? That's where, that's the course of it. That's what gets into your soul is the combination of all the layers, the bass, the drums, the keyboards, the guitar, the synth, the strings, all that shit. And then the vocal melody on top of that, and the vocal melodies comprise the words, which is like, it's like, vocals are like an instrument, but there's words. It's like a, it's like a 5D synthesizer of vocal melody. Cause, cause every word sounds different. So that's like a different keyboard program. So um, the lyrics and the vocal melody, not the meaning, not really the meaning. The meaning is just, that's just the icing. If you got a great music and, you know, the lyrics are just average. It doesn't even matter. The music, that's one of your favorite songs and the, and the lyrics, me, like, as far as the meaning goes, the meaning is, like, there's, there's a lot of songs that are about nothing. There's yeah. about, there's songs, there's bands that write songs and they brag about it and they talk about it. They go, dude, this song is literally about nothing. We just had one line. We had one line and then we just come up with a bunch of different lines to go with it and we make a song and then people think it's about this, people think it's about that, but it's really, it's about nothing. It's just random, cool lines that we put together. We made a song. We named it this. There's so many songs like that. Because pe people at the top, they know that the the meaning of the lyrics is secondary. It's yeah. all about the music, the music, and the vocal melody. It's the vocal melody, not the meaning of the words. It's the vocal melody. The meaning of the words, if it's a great meaning, and you got some intelligent lyrics, that's icing on the cake. But I'll tell you what, if you had super intelligent lyrics and they just had so much meaning and they meant so much to you, but the music wasn't shit, you wouldn't listen to that song anyways. It's a waste of lyrics. That's true. 
I'm I'm so glad you brought up uh, the pumpkins because I was a big big fan growing up on them. And uh, you know, Cherub Rock, you like hit a bell in my head because uh, are you familiar with the whole like fallen angel connection with aliens and and the uh, yeah uh, you know the well cherub yeah, rock I, I wonder if that's a reference to mount the mount herman situation I, I know uh sam was talking about it during his set at the comedy show uh that he was looking into like the book of enoch have, have, have you ever looked into any of that kind of stuff book of enoch but i haven't even looked at the regular bible i heard that there's like book of enoch they pulled out of the bible it's not in it it's got some interesting stuff it's the real shit. they had to pull it out uh, Roman Empire. I just, I, to me, I know the Bible has some real shit in it. It's just there's so many different versions, and everyone thinks they have the right version. That's why I'm hesitant because I don't like. What's, what's, I mean, of course it's been manipulated, right? Wouldn't the controllers manipulate that book and change it up and leave things out oh, yeah. and add shit? You. So I don't know what to read. Oh, I, I, totally. I mean, there's so much discrepancies bet between translations. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of really uh, cool things um, in, in those ancient texts. Uh, the reason I was bringing up the Book of Enoch, because uh, I, I did this uh, audio uh, dramatization of that scene where the fallen angels come down. And in every ancient culture, they believe the, the Anunnaki, right, that came down from heaven to earth or whatever. And, uh, and I wanted to play this clip for you because uh, since you brought up Chair Rock, it's a, it's a cool transition because I think the pumpkins might have been referring to this scene in the Book of Enoch. And I know they have their, you know, what they say, but, you know, the, the language Chair of Rock uh, is a really interesting connection to this, uh, like, really ancient text. Um, uh, do you mind if we play that? I think yeah, you'll like play. it. Check this out. Check out my Nephilim skull. Chapter 6 And it came to pass, when the children of men had multiplied, that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let, let us choose us wives from among the children of men, and beget us children and Semyaza, who was their leader said unto them i fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed and i alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin and they all answered him and said let us all swear an oath and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then swear they all together, and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were in all two hundred, who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon, because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. So... <laughs> Well, let me ask you something. Is that AI-generated graphics? No, I, I did all that. Dude, those are some great no AI. graphics. I thought, I thought that was AI. No? You you did that? You're, you're a, yeah, I did a that. graphic yeah. designer? 
Uh, I'm just a self-taught. <laughs> but uh, That's awesome. oh man, I, I, I thank you, thank you. I I love talking about that because I think the whole you know all roads lead back to Rome in terms of the the conspiracy topic, right? You know, you you said it started with you as an altar boy going, hold on a second, there's more to meets the eye. Um, and uh, and you know I think. Like when it comes to, you know, all those scriptures you were talking about and, you know, even apocryphal texts like the Book of Enoch, there's a reason they make it co so confusing because there's some gems that are hiding in there that they're trying to obfuscate, obfuscate or whatever. Uh, they're trying to hide it. Um, and that's why you had to, you know, speak Latin or, you know, or whatever for thousands of years to figure out what the Bible, you got to go to our priest or whatever. But we live in like this day and age where more than any generation before people have access to these ancient texts and uh you know uh whether it be biblical cosmology or whether it be just you know common sense you know truths um it's a it's a really uh cool topic um but i, I love the the tie-in with uh like the book of enoch and fallen angels you know and and because today we have so many uh alien disclosure things hitting the scene and and so it kind of makes you wonder what agenda are they trying to push um with all of the disclosure that's happening regarding aliens and stuff what do you think about all that like i mean in 2019 I, do you remember that meme uh time where they people were gonna like storm area 51 uh <laughs> I, <remember that. laughs> I think it's all just project Gloopy, man i think it's all just bull i think they're uh, like all of a sudden they're pushed they're they're getting desperate. I think, I think um, whoever's running everything, whether you call it the deep state, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, the people, the controllers, it seems like they're panicking a little bit, man. And they're going, "Damn, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta pull off this fake alien invasion quick because our time is short." That's what it seems like. I don't. I, I used to be balls deep in the aliens and all that. Shit. Now I realize. Just like William Cooper. Once I heard William Cooper say, dude, they, they want you to believe in aliens. Because if they you don't believe in aliens, how are they going to fake the alien invasion? So that's why they push everything exactly. space. Everything space and aliens and E.T., Star <laughs> Wars, Battlestar Galactica. Yep. It makes sense. They push the shit out of that. And you know what? You could be a whistleblower and talk about UFOs. They don't, they bet you get on, they're not trying to silence you. They're not trying to silence Bob Lazar. They made a a documentary about Bob Lazar and put That's it on true. Netflix. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, so they're pushing Bob Lazar. And Bob Lazar's like, oh, I'm worried they're going to come get me. They ain't going to come get you. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. It's like You're Miami. Promoting. The Miami yeah. thing was so crazy. Like, yeah. it yeah. wasn't true. I don't think. I think yeah. they were hiding something so else. They're getting desperate. It, it, they're, they're, they're desperate, yet they're hesitant to pull the trigger all the way. Because they know once once they go f all the way with, okay, they're going to have to have like a, a mothership or something, like a giant. Like they're already talking about like a mothership 150 miles wide. It's already, they're already talking about it. It's going to come over and they, they're getting ready for it, dude. They're getting ready for it. And I, I think they know people aren't, most of the people aren't going to fall for it. I think they know that it's, I think we're at a point where, man, just over the last couple months, like before a couple months ago, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought, 
damn, there might be no hope, man. We might just be turned into Venezuela. And then we just might be like just a third world country where they have full control of us. We can't see. Yep. And we're dependent on the government for everything, food, energy, health, health care and all that shit. Uh, but it seems like, you know, I don't know if you guys saw Eric Weinstein on Joe Rogan's podcast last week, but that was, an, uh, that was huge because that guy, Eric Weinstein is one of those guys, you know, scientist, fully, um, you know, academia, and they just the most articulate, well-spoken guy on the in, in the lake. Uh, but so he knows uh, his um, um, conventional, traditional science. He knows everything about it, and now he's awakened. So now he's taking that science brain. And just following logic. And he's going, he's saying, he's on Joe Rogan's podcast saying, yo, this ain't, Joe, this ain't about money. How could it be about money? You know, no one likes censorship. That goes against money. He goes, like, everything's being censored and, and, and com you know, they're willing to take companies down and corporations down for the agenda. It's not about money. He said, Joe, it's about some evil He's basically, and he's saying it in a super safe way. But if you watch that, the whole, it, Eric Weinstein's like, dude, do you do the math? Do you do the math? There's some evil going on right now. This ain't about money. This is about evil. And, and he's on Joe Rogan's podcast saying that. So once, man, that, that's huge. Eric Weinstein saying, oh, it's not about money, man. There's some other shit going on. And, and man, it's huge. That's huge. That's so huge. That podcast. Yeah. Man. Cause people listen to him. The people, the zombies listen to him because like if that was Alex Jones saying the exact same thing Eric yeah. Weinstein was saying, people would just say, oh, that's just Alex Jones. That's just Alex Jones. If it was me saying that, oh, that's that crazy flat earther guy. Uh, but Eric Weinstein saying it, ooh, has a lot of power because he's all about. He was all up in, on their side. Oh, that was the the left's hero, scientifically, and now he's saying, "Yo, this is the, a battle of good and evil. There's some evil shit. They're willing to kill us. Like, like they're like they're still pushing the jab. They're still pushing it. Oh yeah. They have no problem killing us. They have no problem." So like now it's like, how do you trust any pharmaceuticals at this point? You're like, damn, I used to take a pill here, a pill there. Yeah, like, I, they have no, they have no problem killing you. They have no problem if you, if you die from a medication. They don't give a. F That's obvious. They're still pushing it. You would think that they would just like, completely drop it and never bring up that COVID again. You think they would never bring that up again with all the data that's out? But they're still pushing it. They still have commercials for it. They don't care about killing us. That's now it's like, damn, they're trying to kill us. Dude, have you ever heard of Paxlovid? I saw, I keep seeing infomercials about it. I don't even know if we can yes. air this part on YouTube, but it yeah. blows my mind. It's like, if you feel like you're getting COVID symptoms, try Paxlovid. And I'm like, what? That makes no sense at all. Like, why do I have to take this extra got, drug? <laughs> yeah, they got like, a, it's like a, like a lyric line. It goes, feeling COVID? Paxlovid, yeah, or something like that. It's it's a it's a it's a melody, dog. I know it's down. it's almost too perfect. It's too perfect. It, think you got COVID? Paxlovid, or some shit like that. Paxlovid, <laughs> fuck, people are retarded. I mean, it's it's 
it's scary that there's still um, so many zombies out there, but it's also good to know that uh, it seems like more and more people are awakening at a rapid pace. It seems like it's it's happening. And like the border and all that, now the border is like really waking people up too. I mean, there's like millions, of, they're trying to ruin this country on purpose. They want to flood it with illegals, get everyone to vote um, for a demon or Democrat. Yeah. That's, that's the plan. And now people are seeing it. People are seeing it. The, the the border is waking up a lot of people. Yeah, especially here in Texas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Damn, I can imagine. Like, I mean, the the border towns in Texas. Damn, they must they must be seen. Cause you you go to like Tucson era, you go to the airport, you see the illegals. They all have like Homeland Security tags on their backpacks. Oh yeah. And they got they never been on a plane on a plane in their life. All of them are lost at the airport. Yeah. You see them. They're fucking lost. They don't even they walk on a plane. I walked on a plane in front of illegals that they had homeland security. I'm like, I took pictures of it going, oh my God, I'm walking on the plane with these. And they're just like looking at the plane going, what is this? What seat am I in? They're completely lost. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. They're just getting them plane tickets, giving them debit cards, giving them iPhones. And it's crazy. That upsets me because of the homeless population. It's like they, they care more about about these people that come from all over the all over this flat plane we call the world, right? And our homeless populations that are, you know, some of them are ex-military, some of them are ex, you know, just people that have had a hard time and it seems like our government just doesn't care about them, but but they care more about these illegal people, you know, from everywhere. The, the homeless is good for for the deep state. They oh, yeah. want homeless. The more homeless, the better. Uh, the more illegals coming through, the better. So it, it's not like they care about someone more or other. It's like, what is the quickest way to destroy this country? They're on. They're trying to self-destruct the country. That's really what's going on. And they're not far off. Yeah, they're trying to destroy it. One hundred percent. That's why we kind of got to keep spreading truth, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it like for me. I spread in my own little way. You know, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's like, because spreading the truth is like, to who? The zombies that still, they still are buying this shit. It's almost like we're beyond that. It's like, hopefully enough people have uh, enough common sense and have figured it out and have had to have awakened. Hopefully enough, because at this point, some people are just are not going to wake up, man. And yeah. we just, they're not. At We've this, lost them. Still, you, yeah. You still are voting for Biden? <laughs> man, you still, God. You still think Trump is a, is a, is a fascist? Man, you're, you're, there's no hope for you. Yeah, you're a lunatic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can't see all the signs in front of you. It's just. They're right know. there. You know, so. To, to go out, you know, I, I spread truth on my podcast, everything else. I'm trying to survive in this prison. You know what I mean? Because we're in a prison, man. We're run by a cartel. And you, 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 you speak up about the cartel enough in certain ways, they'll eliminate you. So you got to do it in a way. You got to take out the, the feet, take out the ankles, take out the hands. If you go right for the head, uh, you, uh, you know, 
you might get your head chopped off. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you get We're the business. eye of Sauron looking on you. You can't just say anything and do anything. You mm -hmm. just can't. I mean, every, everyone thinks they're all brave and everything. You know, the bravest one out there is like, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, Stuart uh, Peters, you know, Stu Peters. That guy's fucking dude. He's he's out there just saying all sorts of shit, you know. And um, that takes a lot of courage, man, to say what he's saying. Whoa, you know, that that right there, you know, um, dangerous. Yeah, I think the transition between conspiracies like the Flat Earth Theory and stuff in 2018, 2019, that was like the most viral topic. It was on Jimmy Kimmel. It was on all these different, you know, late night shows. Everybody's making fun of it. But then the next year you know people wonder okay why weren't people talking flat earth as much anymore well much more pressing in your face important conspiracies started coming you know about and you know i will say that i think the the flat earth movement back in those you know 2016 to 2019 time frame it prepped a a flock of people to be that guy in the back room uh, back of the room standing up saying i don't buy it i don't believe the guy in the white lab coat because you know in the back of your subconscious mind, uh, if you bow to the authority or the, the specialist system uh, when it comes to NASA and the men in white lab coats that tell you truth in that regard, then you're already more likely to bend over to men in white lab coats when it comes to something much more uh, close to home, like your, your medical well-being. So the whole NASA the deception and the men in white lab coats in that industry groomed us and prepared us to just be like oh i trust the expert i trust the guy in the white lab coat so that whenever the you know stuff started happening in 2020 2021 with the uh people were all the more likely to be like oh we live in a, a specialist society where if you don't have a specialization or a doctorate or a paper in this field then your opinion doesn't matter and and unfortunately i think that system that culture of a specialist opinion society is is what's shooting everybody in the foot because i mean people are smart enough to look up stuff you know we're smart enough to to question the official narrative and and then you have doctors of course putting up in their office your google search doesn't compare to my degree or whatever you know and <laughs> and, and they just kind of belittle people who want to research on their own and it's like if you do a google search on my dad it's like anti-vaxxer dies of covid it's like yeah. He didn't even die of COVID. Yeah. He didn't yeah. even have that in his system at the time of his death. And it's like, I, I use the example of Bob Saget because he had it in his system at the time of his death, but they didn't list it on his death certificate. But that was the first thing they listed on my dad's. And we've been trying to fight that and get that off for so long. It's just it's just crazy. These these white lab coats. Uh, Jeremiah, yeah. we, we have uh, some short quick clips for some flat earth stuff uh you know a clip of rob or two uh if you wanted to get into those you want to check it out eddie yeah for sure all right cool let's do it all right uh first clip why can't we trust nasa well they all were ex-nazis it's no secret that nasa was largely founded based on project paperclip where more than 1600 nazis escaped the judgment that they deserved and found refuge in the united states many becoming founding members of nasa and of course at the same time you have darpa being created and you have freemasons at the highest levels of nasa running the show so 
Yeah, lots of interesting things. It gets even more interesting when you go a little bit further back, just by way of a setup here, and look at this character right here, Alistair Crowley. He's out there in January through March of 1918 doing a series of magical experiments called the Amalantra Workings in which he is said to have opened a portal to another dimension allowing an entity, I believe a demon, named Lamb to enter through it. Now this is the drawing that he made in 1918 of this character that he apparently had some interaction with. Hmm. You know, if you look at this picture, it's curiously similar to something we might call an alien gray today in pop culture. So, you know, if you, it doesn't take a whole lot of research on this character to realize he was into some really, really dark stuff. So why did I bring this up? This is, you know, 1918 timeframe. Well, you have this character who's very much a part of the early space program, Jack Parsons, who is basically a, a disciple, practically an heir apparent to Crowley and all of his activities. Well, Supposedly, Crowley's portal was further enlarged by Jet Propulsion Laboratory founder and rocket fuel scientist Jack Parsons. Okay, this is the guy who's one of the founding members of JPL, who's a big part of NASA and the space program. And he's out there with Scientology and Dianetics founder L. Ron Hubbard in March oh, of 1946 great. at a location <laughs> that later became known as Area 51. They're doing all kinds of ceremonial sex magic. And they called it the Babylon working. And it's very similar to the Amalantra working based on ceremonial sex magic. But unlike Crowley, however, they were not as adept at opening and closing portals, and theirs apparently stayed open. And the modern UFO era began one year later in 1947, the same year Crowley died. So, you know, this is all going on about the same time you've got Admiral Byrd going down there for Operation High Jump. You know, and a decade later, we got the founding of NASA. And these are the characters, okay, Freemasons, Nazis, and occultists creating the space program. Yeah, I know you yeah. all, you know all this I stuff, think, Eddie. I think I think when the Nazis came over in Operation Paperclip, I think that they they were like, dude, you guys aren't scaring your people with in UFOs. They're like, no, why would we, dude? Like, what the f are you guys doing? You got to scare the out of them with UFOs and then you're the savior you save them from UFOs because that's what the Nazis were doing the Nazis were there was they were making UFOs scaring the out of their own people so right when they you know 1947 Operation Paperclip Nazis come to the United States they formed the CIA they formed NASA or DARPA and right away 1947 same year Roswell or, or that was Roswell I think that was like, dude, you got to get these guys on UFOs. And then right after that, massive UFO, UFO uh, comic books and, and movies in the 50s. They went Mars attacks in the 50s. There was a lot of aliens and Martians going on. I think that was all part of uh, um, the infiltration of Nazis in, in, into our intelligence and our government. That's what I think. I could be wrong, though. It's just we coincidentally recently, the same the same year the same year it's coincidence. the same year they take over we start with the Roswell. We recently interviewed one of the experts on the Roswell event um, named L. A. Marzulli, and uh, uh, there's an interesting theory that I'd never heard put forward about what happened at Roswell. That instead of two little alien bodies, it was just that they had used orphans to fly their 
you know, UFO technology. And they were trying to use aliens to cover up the fact that they were putting children in their spacecraft and the children died, you know, in a catastrophic, you know, burning crash. And they're trying to hide the fact that Nazis were, you know, using American orphans for their experiments. Oh, man. That could be true. I don't know. I don't know. I just think it was a, you know, because at first there was a weather balloon and then the next day they, no, no, at first there was a UFO and then the next day they say, no, it was just a weather balloon. Yeah. Maybe it was just a weather, maybe it was probably just a weather balloon or something or like maybe a missile or something or something landed and blew up or something. Who knows? But it's just awfully uh, coincidental that 1947 Operation Paperclip, 1947 Roswell, Mm, that pretty much kicked off the whole UFO craze and, and, and Martians and all that in the United States. That's where it started. Well, it's amazing so, what that place has become now. It's just like a two, like it's like Disneyland for people that love aliens. And oh, they that. They love it. Oh, me and my girlfriend went there, and we were like, "There's not really a whole lot here, but like a museum and a bunch of shops." <laughs> So, I mean, yeah. there's nothing really to see there any, anymore if there ever was, you know? You would think if it was real that the government would shut that shit down. Yeah. Like if you, if you opened up like a little Roswell UFO shop that they would go in there and shut you the fuck down. Yeah, shut you... The fuck you know what I mean? But right. they love it, dude. They love it. They probably fund some of these, you know, uh, Roswell stores. They probably love that shit. Yeah. They probably put up billboards because they have billboards like, oh, alien country or whatever. Dude, they have the biggest alien holding a Dunkin' Donuts, I think it is what it is. <laughs> it's the funniest thing right when you go into Roswell. And it's, it's the... <laughs> I guarantee it did. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we got another uh, short clip here. Uh, you know, one of the things that set Rob uh, apart of a lot of researchers is he really did his own homework. And I think that's why some of his flat earth content was so powerful. And so many people were swayed to question cosmology as we've been taught. So check out this clip, which is Rob's blue marble debunking, uh, and, uh, and tied into that clip from the Apollo mission. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Then I ask you if we can prove, and I think the evidence is abundant. When you look at websites like Alice.com, look at the documentaries like A Funny Thing Happened in the Moon, on the Way to the Moon and many others that have been done, if we can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I think there's more than enough evidence to do so, that a problem never happened the way we were told <laughs> that it did, then neither did this. This is the picture we've all seen in our textbooks. This is from Apollo 17. I've got a YouTube video where I show another picture taken from Apollo 17 where the astronaut is like kind of right in the foreground and over his shoulder is the earth. And I did this live on the air on Google Hangout. I took the audience, I said, look, we're going to the NASA website, we're going to Apollo 17, we're on the Apollo 17 page, look at this, web, this picture of scientists on the moon, clicked on that picture, download it, bring it into the Photoshop, adjust the levels, the contrast levels, and what do you know, a rectangular box shows up around the earth. Hmm. What's a rectangular box doing around the earth? by the same mission that gave us this picture that was in every one of our textbooks growing up. This was the only picture we saw for decades until they started putting out the Blue Marble series and none of them looked the same. Which one, NASA? Which one's our Earth? 
Continents are shifting and growing and shrinking in size. Everything, colors, it looks different. My favorite one is the one from 2002. That's the one if you bought an iPad or an iPhone, it's the default background. In fact, uh, no, I don't have my iPad with me, but if I, I turn my iPad on, it's still there. I still have the default background. That's the blue marble from 2002. Well, I brought that one into Photoshop and did an analysis on it because I saw some other people doing it and I wanted to check it for myself. And I kept seeing where the, the Photoshop clone tool was replicating clouds. These are just a few of the highlighted areas where that's the case. Wait a minute, if we're taking pictures of the Earth, why the heck do you have to use Photoshop to replicate clouds? And why is the majority of the modifications in the so-called Southern Hemisphere? This is what really got me going. You know, I, is When I went down this trail, started looking at the blue marbles and looking at pictures allegedly shot of our Earth from space and seeing actual footage of Apollo 11 faking the Earth in the window because they had a circular window inside the capsule and they're on the other end of the capsule. They had all the lights out and they're angling the camera in such a way that the, the curvature of the window is giving the illusion of a spherical Earth that they were supposedly shooting through the window to see. Unfortunately, we only have one uh, window that uh, has a view of the Earth and it's filled up with the TV camera. So uh, your view now is probably better than ours is. Roger, we copy. 11 uh, Houston, uh, if you could uh, comply, we'd uh, like to see uh, some smiling faces up there. If you could give us some interior views, I'm sure everybody would like to uh, see you over. Okay, we'll uh, reconfigure the TV for that. Roger. Oh, man. I know you've seen that stuff, but what are your thoughts, Eddie? Man, do you see what they're saying? They're saying, yo. There's only one window and it's filled with the camera and we can't look out so but at least you guys can see what's up we got the camera on the window that's what it, it looks they're trying to make it look like the camera's at the window but the camera's actually at the back of the capsule yeah. and they got everything blacked out and they got a stencil you know so really they're like probably you know eighty thousand feet up you know they're probably in a high altitude airplane where the whole window is just clouds or, and just the view of Earth. Uh, but when they black everything out and leave a little hole, a little stencil, it looks like it's, you know, 100,000 miles away. Just bullshit. They're faking the distance of the Earth from the spacecraft. That's what they're doing. They're really in, you know, they're like probably in the 85, 80,000 foot range, maybe lower. They probably don't even need to go that high, really, to get to fake it. But um, it's like that red bull jump. They try to make it look like they're halfway to the moon. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the Felix Baumgartner jump that even Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, said at that height he couldn't see the curvature, despite the fact of all the fisheye lenses all the way down. But only 536 people have allegedly seen the curvature of the Earth with their own eyes. Felix Baumgartner is going to get his heart broken over the curvature of the earth. Oh, how I can't wait to see the curve. Couldn't see it from mountains. Couldn't see it from plains. Now at 128,100 feet, this balloon ride will give me what I want. What? It's flat? Houston. 
Cut to outer fisheye lens camera ASAP. <laughs> I've been catfished. False advertising. Ah! Curvature relationship expert Neil deGrasse Tyson comments on the relationship. Standing there with a really wide angle lens which curves horizontal lines. So in the photo you see this curvature of Earth's surface. And you go, wow, he's in space. Look at that. No, he's not. At that height, you don't see you don't see the curvature of the Earth. Um, I, I think, you know, it's the burden of proof of people who still buy into the globular, heliocentric, spinning monkey ball religion to, to actually prove that that is reality. Several decades ago, we found a problem, a problem so great that it was brushed under the carpet for many a decade. And this is the fact that galaxies spin too fast. In fact, 10 times too fast. By rights, the galaxy should fly apart. Therefore, scientists said that we have to have dark matter, a halo of matter that surrounds the galaxy and holds the galaxy together. And what have they discovered? Absolutely nothing. Zilch. What is a little bit perturbing is that after 50 years, we still haven't found what the dark matter is. But on the other hand, that doesn't mean they're not there. It just means they're harder to find than we thought. We look out in the universe and 85% of all the gravity that's out there has some mysterious unknown source. We add up all the stars, the galaxies, the planets, the comets, the black holes, the dark clouds, everything out there that we can see, touch, smell, or taste, and it doesn't add up to give us the gravity that we see operating in this universe. So really we should be calling it the dark force, because we don't know if it's made of matter. It could be a profound misnomer, sending people off in thought directions that might not really be uh, the right path. So dark matter is just simply what we call this thing about which we know nothing, responsible for 85% of the gravity of the cosmos. It is the longest standing unsolved problem in modern astrophysics. Dark matter, dark energy. Everything we know about the universe, what we're made of, galaxies, stars, planets, that's all right here. So, according to this chart, we are 96% stupid. So the problem with cosmology is that we keep inventing theories, uh, ad hoc theories, to try to explain the data, such as inflation, dark matter, dark energy, and so on, just to keep patching the theory up. There is a crisis in cosmology. Usually in science, if we're off by a factor of two or a factor of 10, we call that horrible. We say something's wrong with the theory. We're off by a factor of 10. However, in cosmology, we're off by a factor of 10 to the 120. That is one with 120 zeros after it. This is the largest mismatch between theory and experiment in the history of science. A very large number of universes, perhaps even an infinite number, could in principle exist in a vast hyperspace. We can understand the idea of hyperspace by comparing it to a mug of beer. Mm, beer. The beer mug would be the hyperspace and the bubbles would be these individual universes. The bubbles in a beer mug are all physically about the same. 
But suppose they span a range of properties. Some of them might have carbon and oxygen and stars and gravity, and others don't. We would be in one of the ones that leads to a rich, complex universe culminating with life as we know it. If there are an infinite number of other universes, the fine-tuning that seems to be present in ours isn't an example of God's plan, but rather the law of statistics. Most of these universes wouldn't naturally develop in ways that fostered intelligent life. But a few would. So then the explanation for the specialness of the universe is that we are winners in a gigantic cosmic lottery. It stands to reason that we couldn't be living and discussing this in a universe that was hostile to life. Only the bio-friendly ones get populated with thinking beings. Having a multitude of universes is actually quite a simple and natural consequence of some of the most favored models for the birth and early evolution of our universe. It's kind of like stars and planets. As long as you have the capacity to make one, it's easy to make lots of them. Oh, really? <laughs> wow! Beer mug hyperspace multi-bubble verse. Really? Mm, beer. <laughs> Seriously? They're farting out beer bubble universes. Okay? That's what they're doing. Hey, I got an idea. Yep. Multi-beer bubble universe. And they call that science. And they make fun of us? Really? Yeah, I'm not going to take that from them anymore. I'm not going to sit here and let people who think they came from monkeys out of a beer bubble universe ridicule me for looking into what I'm looking into and considering, you know, a possibility. If you guys can think about beer bubble universes, then I can think about a snow globe. Fair enough? Okay, let's move on. And uh, when you have to kind of... Uh, give away your own thought process to NASA and you just trust their imagery and documentation when they've been proven liars over and over and over. Uh, and I think that's what we love our audience to see. And that's why we love uh, kind of your insight on some of these clips, Eddie, and your reaction, because people don't understand how people could be, you know, believe in this alternative cosmology in today's world. And, you know, Rob did so much good work, you know, breaking some of these things down here's a very short clip that uh we'd love to get your reaction from of the iss footage and uh some of the just the obvious glitches and cgi that they use to deceive the masses so those iconic blue marble images seen from space flat earthers denounce them as fakes you start seeing words like composite or animation or you know something that tells you this is not an actual photograph of the earth look closely Guy yeah. in background looks like he is wearing a harness. My G. <laughs> Augmented reality is also a supposed deception on the ISS. This guy is literally grabbing nothing and putting it away. <laughs> nothing is being grabbed and he's putting it out of shot. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm just going to start ringing the bell indiscriminately. That guy in the background is in front of a blue screen in what looks like a set to fake space footage. 
Looks like this same astronaut on the ISS playing with water. Weird. Huh. This astronaut is playing with something out of a video game. So what about astronauts? The space shots are actually sh shot in a swimming pool. And they are shot in a place that's called the NASA Neutral Shout Buoyancy out, Lab. Shout out, Bob Nodell. NASA's Neutral Buoyancy Lab has a mock-up of the ISS in a swimming pool that some suggest is used to film spacewalks. I was told my tax dollars were going to murdering monkeys in space. And now you're telling me they're just faking it in a jacuzzi? Bubble. 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 Bubbles. Bubble. 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 Bubbles. Look, the point being is if there All right, that's is good, Opa. reasonable. All right. What are some of your thoughts on that mockery of human intelligence? Yeah, it's so obvious that they're just filming stuff underwater and uh, uh, with green screens. I mean, that's so obvious. I mean, I like that joke, though. He goes, dude, I, want, I thought my tax dollars were going to murder monkeys in space, and now they're just doing it in jacuzzis. <laughs> I love so that clip. Good. Oh, man, that's so good. I was like, damn, I wish I had made that up. I could use that. It's <laughs> funny. And comedy is oh, very important yeah. in, a, in a dark world like today. I mean, it's always important to laugh. I mean, for my own sanity, at least. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my philosophy is, for me personally, is I can't be Captain Conspiracy all day. You oh, yeah. Half, half, half the day I'm paying attention. But then, I, I you know, I got a son, and he's living a happy life. And uh, eventually, I'm going to have to red pill him slowly. But, um, you know, right now, he's just, he's loving life. He really doesn't really get it, you know, like conspiracy theories at all. I'm not red-pilling him right now at all. But we do have him into guns. He's got his own gun, so we go shooting. So got him into guns. And, um, That's good. you know, hopefully that, that keeps him from being uh, manipulated by people at school or whatever, you know. Yeah. What position does he play? Because I was a D1 college pitcher. A lot, a lot of people don't yeah, know he, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, he plays at everything. He plays. He's on travel teams. He's like he's really good for like. It's crazy how good eleven-year-olds could be. He throws harder and further and faster than I did. Yeah, guys, he's got a cannon for an arm. And he, he's pitching. He's doing good pitching. But he plays everything: center field, third base, first base. A lot of catcher. He catches a lot. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. He's, so we're not. I'm just gonna let him just be happy for as long as possible before we start uh before i have to inform him that um our government is trying to kill us <laughs> yeah I, I saw this cool picture uh it's the concept of you know we got to pour into the next generation you know and all the lies that we've been taught that we inherited in innocence and kept in ignorance we have to like uproot those weeds as we raise the next generation i got a family too i got two daughters and I got my third child uh, is actually due this week. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, that's so important. And, and that's why we can't be such doom pillars, right? We got to actually have a hope and a perspective for the future 
because you can really get depressed and down when it comes with all these conspiracies. I, I think that's like the, the big hope, right? Is how do we create uh, a, a good environment for our children to not buy the next big deception? Because you imagine the level of deceiving capability that the government or whoever is going to have now that we're in the age of AI and and all the, you know, I mean, it's going to be so hard to navigate the world and, and they're going to be shilling out lies that are so strong. Uh, you're just going to have to have already decided you don't believe already proven liars. And, and I think that's what the big mountain to climb is, is like, well, like, wh what effect are we going to have in, in, the, in the coming years as they continue to, you know, try to tighten the rein on information? Dude, I think it's going to be crazy with the... Uh with the ai because like i've said before they can frame me for a crime i mean it's going to be more powerful than dna evidence i think i mean it's just insane yeah yeah like the deep fake stuff is insane it's i mean deep fake videos are just so hard that they, they almost have it mastered it's almost perfect and it's, as long as there's like a program that you can put this video through to check it and it's legit man once it gets to the point where even program like no one can tell uh if maybe maybe they'll never get to that maybe they'll always be able to tell if it's a deep fake or not maybe maybe they always will i don't know but man you know ai is scary yeah <laughs> right now ai has a trouble with creating hands and I saw this product on sale online. It's like a, 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 a ring for your finger that's an extra finger. And so if you're caught on video, you can claim it's an AI because your hand will be looking like you have an extra digit because <laughs> AI can't make hands. So it's like a, it, it keeps you from <laughs> being able to be recorded and them claiming, you know, it's actually you. You can be like, yeah, hey, look, it's AI. I got three, you know, three fingers on the right hand there. That's crazy. If you wear a ring, it, it throws AI off? Is that what you're saying? So AI, for some reason, AI can't figure out, no matter how cool the picture looks, it can't figure out how to make a hand look right. And so if you look at AI images, the hands will have like extra fingers and they'll be all warped and looking weird. And so there's a ring that has a fake finger on, like on the ring. And so you put it on your hand and and you can then claim any video footage of you was AI generated since it has the multiple. Dude, we should issue. we should buy those. We should buy those and yeah. sell them in the shop, man. That'd be funny. That's hilarious. Looks so weird. It like go around. <laughs> you know, I think one of the reasons uh, Rob was so potent is that he was just on a quest for truth, and we're all on this journey for truth, right? And we get in our own avenues and our special interests, right? But it's it's kind of like a lifestyle. Um, but we're like in, in the age of deception and um, and Rob believed that cosmology and NASA uh, were leading to something. He dived deep on the biblical truth of like how it, it warned us that these conspiracies were going to start happening in the world. Um, and that's why I'd encourage anybody, you know, no matter what, you know, translation or scripture thing, Eddie, at least check it out. At least start on one of them because there's some really interesting things that are happening in the world today that are directly tied um and, and rob called it out a spinning globe 666 and the strong delusion as i started to 
analyze everything that I've been researching, I began to wonder, is the spinning heliocentric globular Earth model that we've all been taught, the Copernican model, is that actually the strong delusion of scripture, the great deception, or at least a major part of it? And I began to believe that it is, and I'll go through my reasons for that now. Second Thessalonians 2, beginning in verse 9, the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, this is talking about the beast, the lawless man, the, the lawless one, the, the man of sin, the beast, these are all terms used to describe this uh, Antichrist character. His coming will be accompanied by the power of Satan. He will use every kind of power, including miraculous signs, lying wonders, ooh, look at the latest digital picture from the Hubble Space Telescope, <laughs> and that sort of thing, and every type of evil, to deceive those who are dying, those who refused to love the truth that would have saved them. For this reason, for the reason that people would rather follow the beast, that system, that man, and didn't have a love of the truth, for that reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. You know, I think a lot of people probably think that the great deception, the, the big delusion is coming from the Antichrist. But it actually tells you right here, because you would rather follow the Antichrist, and because you don't have a love of the truth, that God himself is sending this delusion. So if God is the one setting this up, it's going to be really powerful. It's going to be very, very convincing. The math will work out for it. And it's going to be really hard to disprove. People are so easily able to fall asleep and just trust the specialists but just like you said i mean people that are still asleep today despite all of these conspiracies man they 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 want to be asleep like you have to actively hate the pursuit of the truth to not want to you know investigate the reality of the world and um whether whatever conspiracy and anyways uh you know that, uh, that's all uh jeremiah on my end but uh, all right, man. thanks for yeah, Eddie, thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and uh, to call, to call well, you friends. Thank you, man. I appreciate I, uh Thank you guys for, for spreading the truth and for doing your thing. And, um, you know, let's do this again sometime soon. Uh, I'd love to. And next time you're in Dallas, uh love to hang out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll let you know, man. Thank you. Man. Appreciate it. Later. See you guys. Bye.